At the time of writing this, about 11 hours ago now, a black man named Robert Fuller was found dead in Palmdale, California, hanging from a tree outside City Hall. In fucking California. In front of a government building. Robert Fuller was lynched. It is yet another reminder of the unforgettable fact that for black Americans, nowhere is safe. Today, I want to talk to you about a couple different things. I want to talk about the lynching of Robert Fuller, Dave Chappelle's incredible 846, and something called a sundown town. This is Hidden History, and you're listening to Episode 76, Southern Nights. Hidden History is always available on www.hiddenhistory.show. And if you like what I do, then subscribe to the show on Spotify, review it on Apple Podcasts, and follow the show on Twitter at H-I-D-D-N History Pod. So, let's get right into it. There is, at the moment, not a whole lot available on the murder of Robert Fuller. We essentially know two things. That Robert Fuller was a happy and driven young man who had no history of suicidal ideation, and that the Palmdale Sheriff's Department immediately labeled it as such. A suicide directly in front of City Hall. To me, that sounds like fucking bullshit. And I'm not buying it for one goddamn minute. Due to intense outside pressure, the coroner has now ordered a full autopsy. But the fact that they're only conducting one on an obvious lynching the fact that they're only doing it after hundreds of thousands of people came crashing down their door, both literally and figuratively, it's a little bit uh, too fishy for my taste. Personally, it reminds me of the 2012 murder of Chavis Carter, a 21-year-old black kid who died of a gunshot wound to the head in the back of an Arkansas police car while his hands were cuffed behind his back. The uh, Arkansas Crime Lab took a look at it, and they ruled that as a suicide, too. But uh, this is, in effect, all we know at the moment about the lynching of Robert Fuller. I imagine there will be more to come out in the next few days, and hopefully I'll be able to give you an update next week. So let's... Uh, Move on to the next segment. You know, this isn't always the most subtle show, but there have been very few times in the past 76 episodes where I have stated the theme outright. I like to structure these episodes so I introduce various parts of a topic to you and kind of gently guide you towards the point that I'm trying to make. I think... 
that that gentle prodding wouldn't really serve the message of this episode well. So I'm just gonna go right out and tell you. This episode is meant to convey the fact that right now and for the past 450 years, the people, government, and culture of the United States have waged a genocidal war on black people and that there is no place in this country where black people are truly safe. Because right now, I'm going to talk a little bit about sundown towns, which were and are places where if you're black after sunset, you will not live to see the morning. Now, uh, a lot of white people who have heard about the sundown town, they tend to think that it was a problem that we solved and that it was entirely limited to the South. Well, that idea is entirely wrong, and it makes swift use of the trope of Southern exceptionalism, which is the notion that the people of the South were and are uniquely racist. Southern exceptionalism is a load of shit. It's a sly tactic that people north of the Mason-Dixon use to pretend that their own racism does not exist. Of course, there were sundown towns in the South, like Norris, Tennessee, Fitzgerald, Georgia, Zephyrillus, Florida, Woden, Texas, Pollock, Louisiana, the list goes on. But you know what some other ones are? Kennewick, Washington, Hoboken, New Jersey, Darien, Connecticut, Appleton, Wisconsin, Culver City, California, Lemon, South Dakota, Levittown, Pennsylvania, North Tonawanda, New York, and all of New Jersey's Willingboro Township. So, uh, normally, in these episodes, I like to use uh, history as an allegory for the present. For example, I'll talk about the Kodak Shirley cards all the way back in episode 9. And through talking about those, we can draw away a lesson about racism in design, consumerism, and society writ large. What makes that easy to do is the fact that, one, Kodak diversified its color film's dynamic range in the 1970s, and two, I'm pretty sure, like, Kodak doesn't even fucking exist anymore. And so, because we have known something different from the all-white Shirley cards of the 1950s and 60s, it makes drawing that comparison, contextualizing how bad these things really were, all the easier. Because we have seen that better future. In this case, color film that can accurately depict black skin. There is this, um, there's an optical illusion first discovered in 1804, called Troxler's Fading. And how Troxler's Fading works is that if you stare at an unchanging point for long enough, it'll disappear. For those of us who do not have to confront it every day, racism disappears. All of a sudden, we live in a post-racial society. All of a sudden, white people are really the ones being discriminated against. All of a sudden, if you don't want to die, just follow orders. 
the sundown town in the perception of white America is that unchanging point. It has been a continuous, unbroken thread lasting almost half a millennia. As a result, 72% of Americans have gotten a pass to ignore that fact. It is the status quo, and it has been for so long that it has become a pair of invisible shackles holding us back from realizing the future that we can imagine we could build. Zephyrillus, Florida, Woden, Texas, Pollock, Louisiana, Hoboken, New Jersey, Darien, Connecticut, Appleton, Wisconsin, Palmdale, California. Over this past week, I've seen plastered on Facebook an image that really exemplifies this very limit. Hashtag defund the police does not mean eliminate all police funding, it starts. Hashtag defund the police means police will be funded. Police will not be overfunded. Redistribute the city budget. Everyone gets a fair share. Hashtag defund the police because police should focus on crimes and criminals, it continues. It ends, understand that presenting defund the police as the same as eliminate all funding for the police is intentionally misleading and manipulative. Let me be perfectly clear. When we say defund the police, we mean reduce every precinct in this nation to dust and cast it to the wind. We mean that there can be no accountability and no reform in and of a system that was designed to be as racist and violent as possible for the defense of the ruling class. We mean that there is no place in our lives or in the future that we will build for an incredibly militarized occupying army descended directly from vigilante slave patrols. We mean that we will not live with a system that shoots people in the fucking head while handcuffed and calls it fucking suicide. The time for decorum and respectability politics has been over for a long time. If the rule has brought us to this point, then what good is the rule? Let's talk about how long 8 minutes and 46 seconds is. Let's put it into perspective. Did that seem long to you? Maybe a bit of an uncomfortable pause? That was 20 seconds. George Floyd was strangled to death for 26.3 times longer 
than that pause. So two days ago, Dave Chappelle put out a new special, but he, um, he doesn't tell any jokes in it. This is all that he talks about for 27 minutes. It is uh, an incredible piece of media, and I've included the link to it in the description of this episode. I would highly encourage you to watch the whole thing yourself. That being said, before I end this week's episode, here's a little bit. In like 1993, I'm, I, I'm not sure what year it was, but I was in LA, I had smoked a joint, and I was watching the movie Apocalypse Now. It was like just after four o'clock in the morning, and what, what, what later would become the known the Northridge earthquake happened. It felt like it started in my apartment. You know, I'm from east of the Mississippi. On this side, we don't know what earthquakes are about. I gotta tell you something, man. Excuse me for burping. This shit was terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying. Uh, a lot of things went through my mind. I was, I was like, not naked, but you know what I mean? Just, walk, just chilling in my boxes. Uh, I put my clothes on. I found a, my weed and some uh, a pipe and some and a lighter and and some money and my keys. All these things. While the earthquake is happening, while I'm experiencing what an earthquake is the first time, and I was certain that I might very possibly die. And matter of fact, I remember I made a point not to scream, just in case I lived, I wouldn't have to remember myself being vocally terrified. But I forgave myself for being terrified. That earthquake couldn't have been more than 35 seconds. This man kneeled on a man's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Can you imagine that? This kid thought he was going to die. He knew he was going to die. He called for his mother. He called for his dead mother. I've only seen that once before in my life. My father, on his deathbed, called for his grandmother. When I watched that tape, I understood this man knew he was going to die. People watched it. People filmed it. And for some reason that I still don't understand, all these fucking police had their hands in their pockets. Who are you talking to? What are you signifying that you can kneel on a man's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds and feel like you wouldn't get the wrath of God. That's what is happening right now. It's not for a single cop, it's for all of it. Fucking all of it. Thanks for listening.
This is Ellis Tucci at Hidden History, signing off.